0: Do you love food? More importantly, do you love arguing about food? Then subscribe now to Food Fight, where we combine arguing and eating. Each week, Kirk Pinchon and Casey Spivey will have a fully opinionated fight about a specific food topic. We'll also give you some food recommendations as well. But really, on Food Fight, we are here to debate the super important food questions. Such as, does ranch belong on pizza? No. Yes. So gross. (laughs) Okay, what wins, cake or ice cream? Obviously cake. I'd say ice cream. I'd say you're wrong. On Food Fight, we will delve deep into any and every cuisine and meal. So if you're a food fan or just someone who likes a good argument, pause the podcast you're listening to and subscribe to Food Fight now. Ranch on pizza is just dumb. Oh, shut up.
1: Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. got a love Quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShalinXO and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shaloners. All right, let's get our mind clear and our body relaxed to really get into the message because I know it's probably, right? It's very weird times. So we're gonna roll our shoulders back and drop them down. We're gonna get comfy. We're gonna drop our tongue from the roof of our mouth. We're gonna relax our inner ears, right? Relax our jaw. And we're gonna breathe in through our nose and hold for a few seconds. Let's breathe in. and out. One more time. Breathe in and breathe out. And let's remember our mantra during this quarantine. Thank you for my healing. Thank you for my protection. I'm in a place of peace. I am in a place of trust. Thank you. Because when we call out those blessings ahead of time, they arrive a lot faster and we really do stay protected. So speaking of staying protected, our first question is from Jen and she feels like maybe she's a little too protected and isn't really making the connections in her life that she wants. So she said, I've always been shy and never really had fulfilling friendships. Recently though, I started studying psychology and tried to use the tools that I learned in therapy and meet new people. And you know what? Uh, it worked. Girls, I tell you, therapy works. She said, I know a lot of people, but I wouldn't necessarily call them friends. I don't get invited to things often and I always feel like I have to do the work or you know, at least that's what I'm telling myself. Whenever someone is unreliable, I blame myself because I still see myself as this loser that no one really likes. I also have depression and social anxiety disorder. I don't know if all of this is in my mind or people actually don't like me. I don't know very many people who everyone likes And they hate themselves do you know what i mean if you hate yourself that is the vibe you're putting out to the world you're coming across as you know indecisive probably kind of flaky yourself or like ultra 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 attached because you feel like you need people to like you because you aren't at home in your emotional real estate and i think you're telling yourself this story not like you don't have anxiety and depression you you know obviously if you've been in therapy you probably do a doctor's probably told you that but let's not define yourself by that. I hear all the time, girls, I can't do X, Y, or Z because I have anxiety. Baby girl, everyone has fucking anxiety. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this to make you feel better, and if that doesn't make you feel better, that's a red flag, okay? Girls, are like, you're harsh about stuff like this. If you think I'm harsh about this, that tells me you enjoy your victim narrative, Because if you truly want to be an alpha female, if you want to be this warm blooded animal, you're going to, it's going to be like, oh, but wait a minute. Wait, everyone deals with this? Okay. So I'm not alone. So I'm in good company. So there's resources available for me. You see that as a good thing. But if you want to define yourself by this and think it's the thing that makes you so special, then you won't want to hear that, right? It doesn't make you special. And I'm not saying that Jen is saying that it does, but this is just a general message. Having anxiety or depression is not the thing that makes you special, okay? Your mind is what makes you special. Your personality, your heart, how you treat others, what you can give back to the world, your intellect, your your deficits are not the special thing about you, right? I dare you, if you don't believe me, I dare you to go up to somebody in a wheelchair and say, hey, you know what? Um, No, I don't want to know what you've done with your life, what your hopes or dreams are. All you are is that chair. That's all you are is those gimpy little legs. Oh, you don't want to do that? Why? Because you don't believe that about other people. So don't tell that story to yourself about yourself. And I am going to continue to be harsh harsh about this issue. Do you know why? Because this is what I fucking do here, guys. I build you up. I don't want you using anxiety or depression or fill in the blank as an excuse to stay small emotionally small intellectually small experientially small sexually small i want you to get out there and be a hoe i want you to get out there and be a boss and you can't do that if you're telling yourself that you are broken and every negative outcome in your life is because of this and that this is also ironically and twistedly the thing that makes you interesting it isn't interesting it's boring all of your gifts and traits and humor and experiences those are actually interesting i want to hear about those i don't want to hear that you get anxious i get anxious too and i hate it and you know i don't talk about it because it isn't interesting and it's not how i define myself right and it's not how we in the shalom entourage are going to define ourselves either okay i got really off topic back on topic So, Jen, I'm super proud of you for going to therapy, (laughs) like super duper proud and studying psychology. Then because I feel like a lot of people who have like psychological issues um, like myself study psychology, but they a lot of times they don't really absorb it. You know, they're really more about parroting back what they've learned and not applying it to themselves. I have a friend who's like this. She's gone through therapy. She reads all these self-help books. But if you try to like psychoanalyze her. (laughs) <laughs> not here for it. Not here for it. I'm like, okay, that's weird. It's like a chef cooking a five-course gourmet meal and then going home and eating a Hot Pocket. Like, do you want to maybe eat some of what you're cooking? No? Okay. Oh, fine by me. See, you at the drive-thru. So, Jen, I'm super proud of you for not only having the curiosity, but being willing to apply it to yourself. Because truly, not everyone's doing that. And I promise you it is going to pay off. And it sounds like it is. Because remember... Like we talked about in this Rihanna video, or was it Rihanna? No, Kylie video. We've been talking about friends a lot this week. Making friends is a marathon, it's not a sprint. People who become our best friend overnight, they're not really our friend at all. They've got a weird sort of attachment disorder. So it's okay that you're kind of running through a lot of different people and meeting a lot of different people and it's like fishing. you got to cast your line out again and again and some things stick and sometimes they don't and that's just how it goes and you keep it going. But I think you're going to have good luck meeting people through hobbies and activities because like we always say, it's easier to bond with someone and it's more organic to get to know them when you're both engaged in the same activity, whether that's volunteering, taking guitar class, doing CrossFit, whatever. It, especially if you have anxiety because then you tend to get in your head and like overthink something. Girl, I've been there. I kind of live there. It's really helpful to be focused on an activity because it does get you out of your head a little bit, you know? So look, given our current quarantine situation, like all of these IRL ways to meet people, not really on the table, but that's okay. Use this time to deepen the connection you have with other people that you currently know. Reach out to people because now we can reach out and we can be bold. And remember, that is the cornerstone of friendship is that bold authenticity, inviting people over, showing up to help them move, really being that stand-up person that people can count on. And it's easy to do that now through your phone you can still demonstrate those traits with your thumbs. So copy and paste, hey, checking in on you, heart emoji, how you doing, to five people a day, right? And look, the golden rule of friendship comes, I believe, from this old Chinese proverb that I heard once and never forgot. She who does not trust enough will not be trusted. If we don't open up to people, we can't expect for them to open up to us, right? They're gonna view us as judgmental and icy, even if it's actually anxiety and shyness that's driving that sort of closed off vibe so remember that opening up to people is normal and it's healthy and necessary and if they turn out to be flaky or disappoint you you know what no big deal like we said there's more fish in the sea and that goes for guys and for girls remember that it's you who is catastrophizing and it's you who's in your head about what these like possible negative outcomes in this imagination and it's not reality though if people don't like you like who fucking cares who cares? People hate me on the, interday, the internet the internet <laughs> every single day. Sun, sun still comes up. I'm still making money. I'm thriving. God's on the throne, right? And that's my attitude because I like me. I don't need other people to like me. I am at home and I am happy in my own emotional real estate. So if you do nothing else during this quarantine, start with loving yourself. Really start to enjoy yourself and to get to know yourself. Accomplish some things you want to. Set some goals. Work out at home. Be proud of yourself. Then you're going to be magnetic, not just to guys, because who cares about guys a lot of times, but to girls and to friends as well this next question comes from lizzie and her subject line was because this is important dating recently divorced men she said i connected worse with- his wife left for reasons out of his control and we've been going on dates we're intimate and we've had daily convos for the last four months He's kept me in the loop of every aspect of his life, and we talk about him and I, and he's thankful to have me as someone in his life, but he can't commit due to the divorce. He told me he's okay with not hooking up to show that, like, I'm not his rebound, but I'm scared I become someone to fill the void until he's ready to move on from his wife since we're already, like, dating without him being able to commit. Do I wait or do I move on? Girl, Lizzie, run. Run. Fucking run from this dude. This guy is using you as a free therapist. and I can tell you from experience that never, never translates to a relationship. Because you know what happens when you put a guy through like your personal Lizzie emotional rehab center? What do people do when they're done with rehab? They leave. They shake the hand of that director and they're like, all right, thanks. I'm going to go live a whole and happy and healthy life somewhere else why would I stay at rehab when guys open up a bunch and you're not their girlfriend that does not fuse a lot of like sexual feelings you're gonna fix them up clean them up like a car that you're rehabbing or whatever it is people do to cars a house that you're flipping and then it's gonna get sold they're gonna pat you on the head and say gosh thanks But I met someone else, bye. Because they're now going to associate you with their trauma, with all their broken parts. And if they truly want to leave that broken self behind, that means you go with it, sweetheart. And this is why I wanted you guys to listen to the subject line. Recently divorced men. Divorced. That's past tense. This man is not past tense divorce. This man is present tense. This man is actually married. This is a married man. Going through a divorce means currently married he is not divorced yet. Take it from someone who has been there. Listen, <laughs> there's a big difference between going through a divorce and actually divorced. It takes a very long time emotionally to come out. I, I mean, in every way, emotionally, financially, every logistically, to come out on the other end of a divorce in a place where you can date. So look, I don't believe for a second that his wife left him for reasons allegedly beyond his control. Two people were in that marriage and he was perfectly in control of his behaviors and how we treated that woman ladies how many times have you left someone who you were in a very 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 serious relationship with right like a marriage level serious long-term relationship that he had absolutely no bearing on your decision he couldn't have treated you better how many times has that happened probably not many right so the story this dude is handing you don't that don't pass a smell test with me He's saying that to absolve himself of any sort of guilt or culpability in the dissolution of that marriage. And that tells me he is not learning from that. He was, I I don't know. She just left after I hadn't slept with her for six months. And I called her a bitch. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, I drained the bank accounts, but and I gained 75 pounds, but I don't know. She just decided to leave, bro. Cut it out right? If he's not taking responsibility, he's not learning. What do we always say? You can't change what you don't acknowledge. And you certainly cannot learn from it. And if you aren't learning, you're not growing. So he's coming out of this divorce dumber than when he got married. Because at least when he got married, he didn't know what he didn't know. He didn't know how to treat a woman. He didn't know what a marriage entailed. He does now. And he is purposely choosing to ignore that information, right? Oh, it's her fault. 100%. He did nothing. He's the victim. What do we always say that a manipulative person wants? Pity. Well, you can see why. It's working pretty darn well on you, right? And let's also walk in the light of the truth that everyone is able to commit to somebody if they want to. King Henry VIII split the goddamn Catholic Church in two to get the woman he wanted, okay? This guy can go Facebook official. He can put a title on your relationship in order to keep you. You're not asking him to move in or to get a ring on your finger to walk down the aisle or to get you pregnant, right? No. You just want some sort of skin in the game. You want to know that, hey, like, I'm giving you girlfriend commitment, girlfriend empathy, girlfriend convos, and you're giving me boyfriend something. But he's not. And that's the writing on the wall. Stop giving this man girlfriend elasticity and support when you are not his girlfriend right? You wouldn't work for free at a company who never hired you, would you? Of course not. That's what's going on here. Free labor. You tell this man he can pay a therapist and talk to you when the ink is dry on his divorce and the dust is settled and not one single minute before that. The rehab center is closed. This next question riled me up. I mean, don't they all, right? So Haley submitted this. She said, I don't know what to do. I fell in love with a professor when I was two years while I was a student. And for one year, we talked about how we we would date once I finished. We had sexual phone conversations and video chats while I still was a student. And when I wasn't a student and 18 and he was 30, we saw each other twice in about one week. And the second time we hooked up and then he dropped me off at home and ghosted me. I was of course devastated and he's been using intermittent reinforcement since like he messaged me on my birthday but I didn't respond I'm 24 now should I report him to this college or just let it go oh my god I hate older. I hate older guys I hate them I hate them I hate them so look I would definitely report him and I'll tell you why okay him ghosting you after he got sex from you tells me that that's all he was really after in the first place i mean sure he enjoyed you and like he wasn't faking having a connection to you but if someone vanishes after you guys have sex the writing is pretty much on the wall in terms of their character and their goals you know and this is what's fucked up is like sometimes guys don't even know that that's all they're after but baby girl he's not 17 too he's 30 by 30 historically, most men had already been to war. They had four kids. They might even have grandkids. Like, people's lives were underway. Self-awareness was underway. I expect from someone, fine, you don't have to go to war. You don't have to build your house from scratch, like my grandfather did, no big deal. You do have to have a modicum of self-awareness about what you're after and what you want to do with your dick. Call me crazy. Call me high maintenance. That's my line in the sand. And so him being like, well, I, I didn't know that's all I wanted. Tough shit. That's not an excuse. Not an excuse. Intentions don't mean anything because that's still what he did after the fact, right? And if that is how he is, just out to hit it and quit it, you better believe he is still doing it and doing it to other girls, other young girls. If you told me that you guys had a full-on relationship that ran its course in like a normal way and like things just didn't work out, like look, I still would not have been here for that because you know how I feel about older men preying on young girls, But I wouldn't tell you to ruin this dude's life simply because you're heartbroken and wanted revenge. Like, I wouldn't say to do that. Just because you have a card to play doesn't mean it's always smart and healthy to play it. But that's not what this is. This isn't revenge. This man is a predator. And what do predators do after they get what they want? They tear it to pieces and they walk away. Pretty much the first rule as a professor or a therapist is, do not fuck your students or patients. And like for us on the other side of it, right? Oh, my gosh, I should not. Like, I shouldn't, right? I should not have a crush on this professor or my therapist. And for us, it's just like, oh, I shouldn't. For them, though, like it's written in stone. You don't do this. That's like, you know, Professor 101. It's like first day of professor school. Don't do that. It's not silent or unspoken. It's literally in their contracts. It's in HIPAA laws. And there's a reason because the power a professor has over the students is already huge right it borders on cult-like and if they add in a romantic element it's incredibly corrosive and can leave a lasting mark on that young woman for years to come if not longer i mean look at how long this has been affecting you 18 to 24 that's a hell of a long time right there's a reason you're not supposed to hook up with your students and this little fuck face just does not get to do that. He just doesn't get to act like this. He knows it's wrong. He doesn't care. Well, you do, and it's time to stand up for yourself and to do what's right. So, baby girl, be brave. Even if the college doesn't do anything, oh, shit, I'll cyberbully him. You know that I will. At least you can look yourself in the eye, knowing that you did everything that you had to, you know, to do. You did everything that you could, and you stood up for yourself and for young women. I think that alone is really gonna help you in terms of moving on and getting closure from a really awful and corrosive situation. I'm proud of you.
0: Hey guys, my name is Kaelin and welcome to my coffee talk. If you're ever in need of a good life chat over a warm beverage, then I'm about to be your gal. You can basically think of me as your online cafe buddy that anytime you need a boost of inspiration, a good cry or a pep talk, you can always find me here sitting and brewing up all of the words that you wish to hear. Here on the coffee talk podcast, we have four different styles of coffee brews from coffee to espresso, decaf and cosmic. Coffee brews talk about life experience in the real world espressos are all about inspiration and learning how to adult decaf brews are health and wellness plus all things environmental and cosmic brews are a fun brew where we talk about spiritual and supernatural things Some of my favorite conversations that I've ever had in life have happened over warm or cozy beverages, the topics and the times where you just get mad real, mad honest, and super vulnerable about the things in life that sometimes we don't get to talk about with other people. Those are the kinds of conversations that you're going to hear here, whether they're with me or with other people that I bring on to the podcast. So grab a cup of whatever you like and let's get talking.
1: So we're going to end with something a little bit lighter than, you know, sexual predators and divorced douchebags. Okay. so Mary said, I'm in a serious relationship with a guy who is smaller in general. And you know what? I'm tall. I've never dated a shorter guy. And I told myself it's so silly to lose a great dude over something so shallow. I try to convince myself that I don't care, but I do. I find myself obsessing over it, refusing to stand in pictures, feeling awkward in heels and just envying other couples when we're out. I've also lost weight so I don't look larger next to him. How can I be more confident in my relationship with a short guy and just stop caring what other people think? Okay, listen. This breaks down to two ways. So first of all, if this is something that your boyfriend is fixated on also, that is a problem. I dated shorter guys for a long time and I only stopped. like Not that I minded the height difference necessarily, but I minded how bad their attitude was. They always had a chip on their shoulder. One guy flat out told me he always felt compelled to fuck the hottest girl in the room just to prove that he could. And I mean, he did. He cheated on me relentlessly and he was never, ever going to stop, right? Because he was never going to grow. But look, let's say that your boyfriend like doesn't care. This is no skin off his back and he's fine with it because a lot of shorter dudes, like they don't care. I did feel the same way that you did when I was dating short guys and I'm barely 5'5". So when I say guys I dated were short, like th- if you're shorter than me, you are a tiny man, but I felt like awkward and exposed next to my five foot, three inch boyfriends. But then one of my friends, cause she dated short guys too. It's like when we were in the music scene and musicians are always short. Like if they were the tall jockey guys, they probably wouldn't have been bored enough to pick up a drum set anyway. You know what I mean? So one of my friends was like, I actually like the look when the girl is taller because like that's how models are. Models are always taller than the guys they date. And like, you know, so I think people look at, You know, a tall woman, short guy scenario, especially if the guy's kind of hot and be like, oh, it's like a model and a rock star. You know, I think that's the first thing that pops into their mind. And that sounds silly, but it really just reframed everything to me. And it made me realize that no matter what a situation is, like whether it's about height or whatever, there's a positive way to look at it and there's a negative one. So let's try to look at the positive one. If you're happy in your relationship, Who the fuck cares what other people think, whether it's about your height or your weight or what kind of car you drive or where you live or whatever? This is actually a symptom of a larger issue and a good test in terms of finding your own happiness and what works for you. Because as you go on in life, you're always going to find something to obsess about in terms of other people's judgments, right? And you have to get really good at guarding yourself against that so that you live a life that is truly authentic to you. You, not anyone else. Your life is not a democracy. Nobody else gets a vote. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Chalentourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage.